Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. This is Locked On Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by a man who will pull this podcast over right now, Mr. David Walker. I'll turn this whole thing around and we'll get right back home, Doug. Don't test me. You're the dad. You're, you've got dad jokes. You're the dad of this podcast, I feel like. <laughs> That's for certain. I feel like I'm, I'm Uncle Hornets, but you're Papa, you're Papa Bear. We're not, we're not in a creepy way. I know. <laughs> I've been reserving this spot, David, for a bit of NBA news, but it is Friday, traditionally a slow news day. Uh, but I love the show that we have for you guys today. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in love with it. Ahead, we have another camp spotlight this time. By the way, I can't stop saying camp. I don't know why I say it that way. What? David, have you noticed this? I can't camp? stop. I, 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 I'm like, camp. I don't know why. Camp. As opposed, as opposed to comp, camp, camp. I mean, I think you're good. Everyone has their own style, Doug. Camp. It's a camp, camp spotlight that we have coming up on Nick Batum. Adi Joseph stops by from Sporting News uh, to give his thoughts. We've also got Zach Harper from CBS Sports. He was ragging on the Hornets bench on uh, Locked on NBA, so we got to talk about that. Yeah. And, David, we reveal some interesting and weird facts about this Hornets roster. I'm going to throw some things at you, see if you can guess which Hornet it describes. Did you know, David, here's a, here's a bit of trivia for you, David. Did you know that we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team yeah. every day? Well, good. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets and search the whole Locked On Podcast Network. There's an NBA show, a golf show, some fantasy shows, really good stuff here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You want to check it out. If you have a question or a comment or you want to sponsor the show, we have a fancy new email address. We also changed our Twitter handle to Locked on Hornets, and our new email address is buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com, hashtag branding. Let's kick this Friday off right by checking in with Hornets camp. Hey, Hornets Reserve Center and Man Bun Specialist Spencer Hawes, with Al Jefferson leaving in free agency and Kimball Walker hurt, how are you guys filling in the leadership gap at camp this year? We may not have that one real vocal guy, but I think we have a lot of guys that that come in, know how to be professionals, and lead by example. And I think uh, I think that could be instrumental for the younger guys. Hey, Hornets backup point guard and Myrtle Beach native Ramon Sessions. Coach Clifford seems pleased with the early results out of camp. What's been the key? You know, we got in early in September, which which helped out obviously. And now we're getting it together here. You know, we got a game here in a few days, so you know we're getting it together. It's going to take some time, but I think we're ahead of the schedule. The head of schedule, David, and they're filling in the leadership gap best they can. I, I think it's interesting that Spencer Hall says there there is not 
you know, one vocal guy. I, th- I think of like a KG, like a really passionate, insane, crazy guy that gets everyone motivated, keeps everyone on track at camp and or, or during really any practice that on court organizer just from the passion standpoint maybe the hornets don't necessarily have that but according to spencer they've just got a lot of veteran leadership that that sort of fills that gap yeah i mean kg's probably the most vocal and active guy maybe in the history of the league right so that's a that's a high bar but i think you're right doug i mean uh, I think I, when I think of guys, you you always said this. You don't think this guy talks much, Marvin. But for some reason, I always picture him, and maybe he comes from that uh, style that Clifford always talks about. You know, that kind of that QB, that quarterback of the defense who lays back there, kind of that Josh McRoberts role that he filled when he was here. I think Marvin did some of that, but probably not in a vocal way, I guess. Um, and we've always said that. Though. I mean, even when Big Al was here, he wasn't super vocal. Kimbo certainly in the younger years wasn't overly um, vocal for him, uh, even from the point guard position. So, yeah, you know, I mean, different teams have different styles and different ways of going about it, right? And this team, you've mentioned it before on defense, they are communicating uh, as much as they need to, and they, they really move as a unit. So while it may not be one of those rah-rah, you know, um, high-energy vocal things, they are communicating out there, which, of course, you have to do. But I think this team knows each other well enough, right? That they don't may not necessarily need someone like that. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Communication, the key, I think they've been the the core has been together now for a couple of years. So you don't I don't know. Maybe you do need but I think you need a little passion. I think you need maybe that's a missing piece as this team looks to maybe advance in the playoffs in the next few years if they continue to keep this team together. They mean they may need a, a vocal Piece. A spark plug, right? Yeah. yeah, and I think it also, you reflect the style of your coach sometimes, too. And Clifford is passionate and fiery kind of only when he needs to be. I mean, he's not a guy that's flipping out a lot on the sidelines. He'll, he'll get into a rep every once in a while, and he'll get passionate in a huddle. But he's not a guy that's exploding. I mean, he's pretty even keel. So I think you see that go across the team. Other camp notes, a couple of more injuries. Jeremy Lamb and Brian Roberts both sat out of practice yesterday. Lamb stepped on a, a ball and sprained his ankle. Robert slipped on a wet spot and strained his hamstring. Neither injury oh, seems all that serious, but but damn it, if it doesn't already feel like a couple of bad omens hitting this team oh, in camp, God. David. You don't, I was thinking the same thing. You, yeah. We gotta. You, you don't. You're not stepping on. We gotta avoid the balls on the ground, fellas. We don't want to step on those. No wet spots. And, uh, uh, no logos. Yeah. At Roy Williams would would attest to that. No, don't don't oh step on any gosh. logos. Uh, skip. I, I, skip the I'm white squares. You, only step on black squares. <laughs> uh, we don't need these. We don't. We need, need some these. good juju. Got to get some exactly. good juju going on at Hornets camp. Okay. Today we're shining a camp spotlight on the starting two guard and big money signee Nick Batum. And before we dig into how awesome he played last season, David, and we talked to Adi Joseph here in a few seconds, let's just keep this tiny little fact in mind. Here's a little perspective, David, for everyone out there. He was first acquired. Think about everything that he did for this team last season. Playmaking, passing, big shot after big shot, three-point shooting, Incredible stuff, okay? He was first acquired by the Hornets from the Portland Trail Blazers through a trade for Gerald Henderson and Noah mm-hmm. Vonley. Yes. One year, and, and you have to remember, David, people were, were down on that move. Some people were they down on it. that they move it, because of the, of the, uh, uh, of the, I guess, perceived 
upside of Noah Vonley. That's why. That's right. Let's just and, and, think and, about and, that and for a second. Year, and the one year with Batum. We should be fair, right? He, they have basically have one year to sell him. One year to sell him on staying here long term, right? That, that was the other piece to it. Gerald Henderson and Noah <laughs> I'm with you. Hey, I'm we just, were on this. I just want you to, to listen to that and understand that. And, and and if you complain about his contract or that he's not living up to right. his contract, I want you – I'm going to repeat this. Gerald Henderson, Noah Vonley. Okay. No, you're, you're, you're 100% right. You think there should have been a little more fanfare when they did sign him, regardless of the amount? I mean, that's, that's, that's hoping – I, I think that I the, know, but. I think the franchise – has so few opportunities to get uh he's not transcendent on a level of you know LeBron or a KD but he's a no. second he's a second tier transcendent player of a Glenn Rice type of where he can impact your team in a significant way on a, and 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 have it recognized nationally and and you don't get those those opportunities very often so the Hornets lucky to have him for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke with uh, Sporting News Deputy Editor Adi Joseph about Nick Batum and that contract. Here's what he had to say. I think I'd start by saying look at the other contracts, but, you know, Nick Batum is certainly more established than, say, Bradley Beal, who got $15 million more than him over five years. So I'm not going to say sit here and try to argue that the Hornets got some great deal because they didn't give him the max. I think in just about any other year, Nick Batum probably would have gotten this deal or slightly less than this deal. But with all of these teams having salary cap space, you know, as as we know, everyone got overpaid this summer. Timothy Mazgov probably most egregiously, but um, it was just a, an, a bad year to have so many players hit free agency. And so for the Hornets to come away and keep Marvin Williams and keep Nicholas Batum and manage to get a pretty nice extension deal with uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, it, it kind of, this summer could have been a lot worse. All right, so relative to the market, if someone understands the, the, the market fluctuations and, and that's why you know he gets this $120 million number, what does he mean to this Hornets team that, that means that he, he can be the highest paid player on this team? Yeah, I think what he did was he opened up the court for Kemba Walker in such a way that you know as soon as, as, soon as Nick came onto the team, Kemba had by far his best season that he may have been in line for having his best season either way. But what we saw with Nick was here's a guy who reliably forces defense defenses to think about him in a way that Gerald Henderson and Lance Stevenson in the past did not. And that makes him a really good compliment for Kemba because Kemba had a tendency. He still has a tendency to try to do too much. And with Nick, I don't think he feels like he has to, he may still impulsively, instinctually try to do too much at times, but I definitely don't think that he has the same feeling of if I'm not creating the shot, if I'm not creating my own shot, no one's creating a shot here anymore. And that's that's been hugely valuable, and that's, that's a big reason for the success last season. And I can already hear the people sing, singing a song of angry men, David, of Nick Batum not <laughs> living up to his max deal or, or near max deal. Five years, $120 million. I, if he starts off slow 
or you know doesn't hit as many three pointers, and and even if he scores at a level that he scored last season, he wasn't a, a primary scorer for this team no. last season, and so I can already hear the criticisms happening of that deal, and I can already I'm just. I'm 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 not I'm not, I'm already not dealing with it. I'm anticipating it and I'm not dealing with it well. I, I just think if you're thinking down that those lines that you didn't watch this team enough or that you're not I don't know I mean I hate to say stuff like that Doug but you can't look at this team before he came and then look at it last year and not see the intangibles and the and the stats you know the actual numbers you can look at that he brought to this team. I mean, he, he was another creator out there. He freed up some room for Kimba. He also hit some massive shots, and he showed a lot of guts, especially in the playoffs, coming back in after he was hurt uh, and hit a couple big threes, you know, in that series against the Heat. So um, I know people didn't watch him a lot in Portland. Uh, just being out in Portland, you know, probably didn't get as many eyes on him out there. But he's a veteran. He's a guy that's going to be, I think, in the East especially, in the all-star conversation every year. Uh, if he plays like he did last year, and if he takes a step up, he could make an all-star game or two, I think. Um, but I, people look at you know the 14 points a game, 14, 15 points a game, and then look at the numbers that he's getting paid, and that's how they do the comparison. And I just think that's unfair, um, and it's not the right way to look at a player like Nick Batum, um, in my opinion, Doug. I mean, we've been on board with this for you know basically from the beginning, with the caveat that they bring him back, which they did. Uh, which was their plan from the get-go, which I think says a lot more about where this franchise is, as you know, as well. And listen, they were able to sell him yeah. on a complete year, right? And, and if you expect Nick Batum to to change his game, to get more aggressive, to be, you know, a different type of player because he has a different type of deal, well, let him tell you. Nick Batum don't change for nobody. I won't change. You no, know, I will try to be more aggressive, of course, and do a little bit more, but. I got paid because I got this contract to cooperate a certain way. And I don't think guys around and all the teammates and coaching staff for me to really change the way I play. So that's what I'm going to do again. Try to be a playmaker, involve my teammates, and try to score and do a little bit of everything on the court. A little bit of everything, David. Last season averaged 14.9 points, six rebounds, and almost six assists in 35 minutes per game. I could I could see that scoring going up slightly. But I don't expect him to be, you know, a twenty-point scorer because you can't you can't have that. It's tough unless you again unless you are that transcendent level LeBron type player. It's tough to score twenty plus and get six rebounds and get six assists. You know, you you right. got, you got to be the primary guy. And oh hey, he has a primary guy beside him in Kimba Walker. Right, exactly. I mean, I think last year the number we threw out was like seventeen points a game. I think if you could get to that, that would be great. But I think if he sticks around that 15-point mark like he was last year, you don't want a guy that's going to get the money and then be like, all right, well, now i got to change my game. Seven years into the league, you know, start shooting when I, when I wasn't shooting before and start being more aggressive where I wasn't looking for things before. I mean, you want the guy who's, who's been successful doing what he's doing. Can he add more pieces? Can he improve here or there? Sure. But you don't want somebody who's going to take on a totally different mindset, especially – when it worked well in the team environment last year, right? I, I totally agree. Also, I had a chance to ask Adi Joseph as our resident expert on all th- things NBA, what else he's seeing around NBA camps and media days that's piquing his interest. Here's what he had to say. Probably the most interesting thing is the, um, I mean, everyone's massively positive right now, but it's been interesting to see just very subtle 
little, no, we don't really miss them comments coming out of Bulls camp about Eric Rose and Joseph Noah. You know, those two players were, were the identity of the Bulls for the last eight years. And uh, I get the sense that, you know, I, I would not be surprised to hear that 80% of the NBA would rather play with Rajon Rondo than, than Derek Rose just because, you know, Rose can be he's very quiet. Rondo is a talker. Rondo has wears his heart on his sleeve so much more. He's he's openly competitive in a way that Rose isn't. And uh, so I, I think for a lot of people who were very worried about the chemistry in the locker room with Rondo and Wade and Jimmy Butler, I don't think that that's been seen yet. I still think there's chemistry problems on the court. But those uh, those are up to Fred Hoiberg himself. All right, let's check in with our friends over at the Locked On NBA podcast, where host David Locke caught up with CBS Sports writer Zach Harper to chat about the precarious situation that is the Charlotte Hornets bench. What were the teams in this kind of quagmire of West and East that I'm talking about that either peaked out or bottomed out when you ranked your 30 best benches? Well, I mean, Charlotte, which is a fantastic, you know, Eastern Conference kind of not contender, but in that second tier of, of teams in the East, um, they were, they were at the bottom. I mean, they were, they were 28th in, in our, in our rankings because me, I've never, like, I think it's great that he won a lot of people fantasy leagues, you know, years ago, but I'm not a Ramon Sessions guy. Like, I just don't, I don't think he's very good. I think he's a terrible backup point guard. Uh, he doesn't play any defense. He's not really a shooter. He gets to the free throw line, but he's not that good of a free throw shooter. Uh, you know, so I'm not huge on him. I don't think Jeremy Lamb's any good. Uh, I think Frank Kaminsky is probably their best bench player or Marco Bellinelli and think about how bad that is. Like, that's, you know, Kaminsky could be fine. He's a, you know, he's a second year player now. Um, like he's a fine big, you know, backup big man, but he can't be your best bench player. Uh, if you're going to be competitive within the conference. So that means, you know, Kid Gilchrist can't get hurt this year. Uh, Batum can't get hurt this year. If Kemba Walker goes down for any stretch, this team, this team's really in trouble. So I think that's the team in the East that is hanging the most by, by this kind of thin thread of, of, of bench play. Woo, those are some hot, fiery takes on the Hornets bench, David, from Zach Harper. Yeah, I mean, stuff that we've kind of hit on there, right, Doug? I mean, we've expressed our concerned about the backup point guard situation, especially if something happens to Kemba. I think, you know, did he mention Lamb in that, in that clip? I, I, I think he, I believe he did and that he wasn't very good. I mean, did, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a question mark, right? I mean, we've kind of been shading towards the side of, well, if Lamb we, we've seen the peaks and up, valleys with Jeremy Lamb, right? So, I mean, that's obviously another question mark um, and they need him to, to do something there, but um, the funny part about that clip that I, thought, I don't think we played it the whole way was uh, our fearless leader, David Locke, coming out. I was like, yeah, I don't think Frank Frank missed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Well, uh, listen, yeah, but, you're going, again, when, when you're an organization that bets low on on players and, and hopes they have a bounce-back year, you can't expect nationally to get any love for those decisions because, again, you're buying – you're buying low. And, and look, I, I'm not going to go full-on homer and completely discount what Zach brings up. I think there are, as you said, valid concerns, question marks, around this bench unit. I'd question the notion that Frank Kaminsky is the best player off the bench. I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I've said that the organization for the second year in a row is essentially you know, betting low, bounce-back years. You want that from veterans. You know, they... they 
it's a gamble, David, but it's it's also a strategy. I think Coach Clifford uh, gave us a glimpse into that strategy and and some of the motivations behind it on media day when he discussed his preference towards bringing in veterans over young talent. Let's take a listen to that. Push comes to shove when you're playing in playoff series. You know, you want the older, more experienced guys who have been there. So Roy Hibbert's played in two Eastern Conference finals. Uh, Marco Bellinelli has played in the finals and played mm-hmm. well. And Ramon, as you said, has played for a lot of different teams and a lot of different coaches. And one, they're able to adapt to change better. You know, so when you're coaching them and you're, whether it's a coverage, a pick and roll coverage, a set play, anything organizationally, for the most part, for them to play at the level they have, they can pick things up quicker. Picking things up quicker. That To me, that's part of the strategy because, you know, they went into free agency and said, okay, we're going to go get Nick Batum. We're going to get Marvin Williams. We're going to do what it takes to, to make that starting five unit happen. And then, and then we're going to figure out what we got to do with the bench unit. And, and luckily, they got Marvin to sign for the early bird, and it allowed them to have a little bit of, of wiggle room, but it wasn't a lot. And, you know, if you want to bring in veterans to your, to your bench unit for the reasons that Steve Clifford just laid out, you normally have to pay money. You have to, you have to give up the big bucks because the longer guys have been in the league, if they're still somewhat in their prime, they command dollars. Well, the Hornets didn't have those dollars, so the alternative is you find players that fit your system, that fit your style, and you, you know maybe they had tough seasons for justification. You, you make justifications. You find reasons why, okay, this guy, Marco Bellinelli, was in Sacramento. There was a, a crazy chaos there. Roy Hibbert was in Los Angeles. He clearly didn't like his situation, and, and the Lakers were, were a tire fire as well. So you go and get those guys. You hope those situations are are the reason that they had down years and you buy low and that's what the hornets have done so again i'm not discounting what what zach had to say i think there are concerns i'm just laying out the the reasoning behind what you're seeing with with the bench unit i'll say that ramon sessions had his best seasons in charlotte statistically averaged i think around 14 points a game uh, in uh, 2012, 2013, his best season. And, you know, he's shown uh, the ability to be an, an impact player off the bench in Charlotte, didn't necessarily show that in Sacramento, re- reclaimed a little bit of that role in Washington when he uh, stepped in for John Wall at the end of the year. So I, I'm giving a little more credit to Ramon Sessions and his abilities than Zach Arbor. Yeah, I mean, I still would rather have Jeremy Lin there. I mean, well, of course, uh, comparing the two, obviously, yeah. I mean, but he's, I guess, a, he's I, a starter. He's a starter level right. player. Of course, well, you want that that level of play behind your starter. But he had to go be a starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just they're think, backups okay, for a reason. This. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know that. So if uh, if Frank is not the best one off the bench, you would say depending on who would start at center, would that would that be who you would say? I think potentially it's Marco or Roy. Yeah, I think that both of those – Roy has shown an ability to be an all-star, and Marco right. is you know not only a shooter but also a playmaker and just a really good offensive player at his peak. And so, yeah, I mean, if either of those guys can reclaim a little bit of what they lost, then I think they immediately become the best player off the bench. And then, you again, you have Jeremy Lamb, who was stellar – for this team in the first half of last season 
and you know has a range of abilities on offense. So the, you know they've got offensive potential, and with Roy, they've got defensive potential off of this bench. So, but it is. I just said it twice. It's potential. It's not proven, yeah, and I mean, that's why that's, nationally you're going to have these kind of reactions. Right. Well, let's look back a year, right, Doug? So if you looked at the bench but, yeah. prior to last season, yes. so who are the two best players? It was probably Jeremy Lin and Kaminsky, right? That right, exactly. Like and and, and, and so, take I mean, a look at the context of that situation at the beginning mm-hmm. of last season. Jeremy Lin was in the same situation that Marco Bellinelli exactly. and Roy Hibbert. So you would have said the same. You would have said the same thing. And I the think. Ben, yeah, You're exactly. close to it. And, and I think Clifford and his presser sort of alluded to this: is that they've got to, they're going to have to do a similar thing to last season, which is sort of find depth. They're going to have to figure out their depth, but you have to have it if you want to perform well in the playoffs or perform well late in the season. You have to have depth. And, you know, it's not it's not something that they're coming into the season with immediately. It's something they're hoping to find. So that's that's that's, again, again, for the second year or, you know, at least as we said, I I will agree with them. I mean, and I said this yesterday, if Kimba goes down for an extended period of time there, it's not going to be good. They're going to be screwed. Well, there you go. Uh, It's Friday, David. So let's finish this week off with something fun. We're calling it hashtag just the facts. I have some factoids here about various players at camp for the Hornets. David, I, I will read you the fact. And we, we, we mess around a little bit on this show. We speculate a lot. But I'm, I'm telling you, these are true facts. I, I mean it. About the these true Hornets. Truth, ju- hashtag just the facts. I'll read you the fact. You tell me the player. Simple as that. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hit me. All right. This Hornets player legally changed his last name to honor his late uncle. Oh, MKG. Correct. Good start, David. Good start. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, his mother and father, had the last name Richardson. He legally changed it in 2011 to honor his late uncle, Darren Kidd. Okay, next one. This player's favorite pregame meal is good old steak and potatoes. Oh, man. Pregame meal, steak and potatoes. Pregame meal. Marvin. No, actually, it's his uh, other buddy from Seattle. That's the man bun, Spencer Hawes. Ah. Loving the steak and potatoes. Okay, here we go. Next one. His nickname in college was The Freight Train. Great nickname. The Freight Train. The Freight Train. Choo-choo. Hibbert. Eh. At VCU, uh, they called Trevion Graham the freight train. I mean, okay. If right. you've seen well, Trevion, okay. you know he's a he's a big <laughs> dude, uh, he, and he and he loves and this. I think it's because of his size, but also because he he puts his head down and gets to the rim. If you don't know that about Trevion Graham, mm-hmm. loves loves to well, drive the ball. I did not, obviously, he's the choo choo train. He's the freight train. Okay, next one. His papa hit a game winning buzzer beater in the NCAA tournament. Which Hornets players, papa? Hit a game-winning buzzer beater in the NCAA tournament. His dad. Dad. Daddy. Daddy. Uh, I'm gonna say that is. This should be a relatively easy one, but I'm drawing blanks on most of the guys on this team right now. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're having an Aleppo moment. What are you, Gary Johnson? Just I give am. me a name. Just name one. <laughs> Just name one player. Um, 
Uh, Jeremy Lamb. Oh my God, you got it right. Jeremy Lamb's dad had <laughs> March Madness. Rolando Lamb hit the game winner in the 1984 NCAA tournament against Northeastern as a member of VCU, same college as That's Trevion right. Graham. Okay, Perfect. next one. If we got two more. If not in the NBA, this Hornets player would be the owner of a movie production company. Ooh, um, I do know this one, but I don't know it. I don't know that I forgot it. Um, well, think about think about a session, Hornets sessions. Uh, I was I was going to give you a hint. No, it's not sessions. Of course, this is the Hornets resident TV star Roy Hibbert, who has uh, wow, yes, was on Parks and Rec, so Parks and he's and been Rec, out in Los man. Angeles. So you know he's. He's got a fascination with with being on on the the silver screen. That's TV, right? Uh, or is that uh, movies? I don't know. Silver anyway. screen is movies. Okay. Well, he wants so he wants to be in the moving pictures. Roy Hibbert. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last one, and it's kind of an odd one. This Hornets player has never, ever swallowed a pill of any kind. Never swallowed a pill. I'm. I swear to you, these are true, one hundred percent true facts. Just the facts. Uh, Kimba Walker. Actually, it's his backup, Ramon Sessions. Yeah. I don't, David, I don't know how you Man. go through life. He must be a BC powder guy. I don't know how you never take a Tylenol, never take a pill of any kind. Wow. Very odd. No. What about like Skittles? That's not a pill, but you, I guess he I chews think that's those a- up. Yeah. <laughs> Chewables. Yeah, that must be it. Chewables, maybe. There you go. Jeez. It's just so crazy. All right. Thanks for listening to Locked on Hornets this week, presented by Hive Talk Live. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. That's the new that's the new Twitter handle. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five star review. It it helps other Hornets fans, helps us move up the rankings, but more importantly, it helps other Hornets fans uh, understand that there is an outlet, a podcast outlet for them we want to hear from you as well email us your hornets thoughts your questions your comments to buzz buzz at locked on hornets.com locked on hornets is a presentation of hive talk live and sb nations at the hive.com we're back next week and it's preseason preseason's coming up monday october 3rd monday hornets play the dallas mavericks i'm telling you basketball is here it's here it's finally here for david i'm doug Go Hornets, go America, let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't blame it on caffeine and then go to Coke and Pepsi. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17